haters motivate me. Because when they're talking about me, that means I'm doing something. You see, while you're over there watching me and talking about me, I'm working. I'm working hard. I'm taking things to the next level. You keep gossiping and I'll keep working. You cannot win the war against the world if you can't win the war against your own mind. Why you quitting and giving up? Why you saying, all right, I did enough, it's time to rest? He might just be getting his own. I value myself enough to give 120% what y'all doing. And then those of you in this room, you playing. You still giving 50%. You still giving 70%. Look, quit that job. If you're going to go every day and get that job 70%, quit that job. So if you're not finding that motivation that you want, forget about it. Instead, impose some daily discipline in your life. And start today. If you want to be great, you want to be the best motherfucker ever at what you do, you're going to be misunderstood by everybody because you're going to be so fucking obsessed and so driven to get there. That's what it takes. It takes every second of your fucking life. Anybody say balance? Yeah, balance is important for a lot of fucking people. But if you want to go to that edge where people do not like you, don't understand you, you're in that spot of obsession and drive. I challenge you to see your problems as a great thing. I challenge you to start being thankful that you have the opportunity to grow, get stronger, get more focused, get more skilled, and kick more ass because of every hardship you face. One of the things I've been talking to my audiences about is the relationship between responsibility and meaning, which is, the, uh, uh, what would you say, it's a, it's a constant refrain in the book. It's mm. one of its underlying... Um, um, messages, let's say, or themes is a better way of thinking about it. Um, you know, if, if you start with the presumption that there's a baseline of suffering in life and that that can be uh, exaggerated by, as a consequence of human failing, as a consequence of malevolence and betrayal and self-betrayal and deceit and all those things that we do to each other and ourselves that we know that aren't good, that amplifies the suffering. That's sort of the baseline against which you have to work. And, and, and it's contemplation of that often that makes people hopeless and depressed and anxious and overwhelmed and all of that. And, and, and they have the reasons. But you need something to put up against that. And what you put up against that is meaning. Meaning is actually the instinct that helps you guide yourself through that catastrophe. And most of that meaning is to be found in the adoption of responsibility. So if you think, for example, if you think about the people that you admire, well, you think about when you have a clear conscience first, because that's a good thing to aim at, which is something different than happiness, right? Um, a clear conscience is different than happiness. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. You're that's not better. Like guilting yourself, you're not feeling bad about yourself. That's right. You feel yeah. that you've justified, you've justified your existence, yeah. right? And so you're not waking up at three in the morning in a cold sweat thinking about all the terrible things that you've involved yourself in. What you, you said know. to someone that you shouldn't have said, mm -hmm. or how you acted, or mm -hmm. lied, what or opportunity you lost, or or, mm -hmm. or 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 yeah, or or the things that you've that you've let go that you should have capitalized on, mm -hmm. and all of that. And so, if you think about the times when you're at peace with yourself with regards to how you're conducting yourself in the world, it's almost always conditions under which you've adopted responsibility, mm -hmm. right? At least the most the most guilt I think that you can experience, perhaps, is the sure knowledge that you're not even taking care of yourself so that you're leaving that responsibility to other people because that's pretty pathetic 
and I, unless you're psychopathic and you know and, and you're living a parasitical life and, mm. and that that characterizes a very small minority of people and an even smaller minority think that's justifiable but most of the time you're in guilt and shame because you're not you're you're not not only are you not taking care of yourself let's say so someone else has to but you're not living up to your full potential and so there's a existential weight that goes along with that what I want to talk to you about today is a note which I call daily. So if you create a new note in your notepad or something that you check on a daily basis, this is the most important thing. Name it daily. And then write the word do, colon. And then go down a few lines and write the word don't, colon. And the one thing I would ask you to do walking out of this is to every single day just for a week wake up to this note check it throughout the day and then also before you fall asleep check to make sure that you did and you didn't do everything so what you put in each one of these is you have a list of everything that you want to do every single day and you have a list of things that you don't want to do and the easiest way to add to the don'ts is to notice something that you never want to do it again you never want to do again and you just add that to it very very simple i'm just going to share some of mine, these might be a little bit personal and embarrassing, but here we are. Number one on my do list is to stay present. I think it's so easy to get trapped in the past. It's so easy to think about the future. The most important thing is I stay present. And just reading this brings me back to the present, brings me back to this moment. Number two for me is be vulnerable. Show people my mistakes show people my fears because they can relate because they're going through similar things number three drink only lemon water and red wine great red wine is a great modifier for it um, this goes with one of my don't which is don't drink hard liquor or beer on weekdays Number three is uh, six sets of 20 squats and push-ups throughout the day. I just have to do them every day. Uh, six sets of 30-second planks. Run for three miles. Meditate on this list. Stand up straight, which whenever I say, I always see posture moving in the audience. Say hello to everyone. I just bought a heavy bag, so I'm training with a heavy bag, so I want to spend 10 minutes with a heavy bag every day. I want to do a video journal every single day, and I want to get seven hours of sleep. On my don't list, and again, this is one of the hardest things, and a lot of these are personal, so I'm not going to read all of them. But on my don't list is don't avoid eye contact. Don't be late. Don't set expectations for someone and not meet them. Don't eat sugar. I'm on the paleo diet, so don't eat wheat, lentils, or dairy. And then, of course, don't drink hard liquor or beer on the weekdays. Um, so this list, while it sounds very, very simple, has been fundamental in establishing patterns for myself. And it's something that I do check every single morning. I check throughout the day, and I check right before I go to bed, and I make sure that I check everything off and go through it. And I've given it to our companies um, I've given it to a number of students that I've talked to as we've gone to schools and recruiting. And people have come back to me and said that 
this is something that works for me, something that's easy to do and something easy to remember. One of the most fundamental things about it that I've learned that I've taken away from it is how it gives you focus, how it gives you something that allows you to really ignore uh, everything else that's going on, all the other noise to allow you to focus on what's most important. So this do and don't list for people and individuals in the company has translated to a do and don't list for our company. For Square, we have a do and don't list. We have these are the things that we're going to do. These are the core things. These are our bold bets. And these are the things we're saying no to for right now. That's been fundamental in allowing us to move fast, to continue to innovate, and to really push the boundaries and continue to invent and question and, and reset everything that we think about the organization. What do you do when you tried and failed and you want to quit and you want to give up? People that are hungry are willing to do the things today others won't do. In order to have the things tomorrow, others won't have. You have to make sure that your dreams, your aspirations and goals are so big that not accomplishing them is not an option. I don't know what that dream is that you have. I don't care how disappointing it might have been as you've been working toward that dream. That that dream that you're holding in your mind, that it's possible. To all of you fighting battles alone, to all of you going against the grain, battling the naysayers, stay strong, keep going. Stay strong, keep going. I need all televisions off. I need cell phones off. Listen to me. Some of you are going to be broke for the rest of your life because of that little thing on, on, on the side. You're going to be broke for the rest of your life because of a little cell phone. I need you to study like you've never studied before. I need you to all night long. Study. What is there that you know you need to do? That you want to do this, but for some reason or another, you've been holding back. I think that among the things that prevent us from acting is the fear of failure. And if you've already failed, you don't want to fail again. The pain of that, the disappointment, the fear of loss is another thing. Because many times when we do those things that we know we need to do, we feel that we might lose somebody that we love very much and care about. We don't want to hurt anybody. I'm going to tell you something that every successful person has to do, including you. Believe it or not, every successful person in this world has jumped. As Carl von Clausewitz said, pursue one great decisive aim with force and determination. When people tell you you can never get done, you stop dreaming and you go back to knowledge. Find that thing that makes you come alive. Focus on it. Everything around you, the opportunities, the fact that you're alive. And we've all had experiences 
where we were working on something and we knew it was possible and we did those things that were necessary to bring it into reality we took the responsibility to make it happen other people couldn't see it a lot of people didn't believe it you were attacked you were criticized It has nothing to do with opportunity. You've been given opportunity. The problem is you're not operating in your greatness in that opportunity. So that's why you stuck on that particular level. People were opposing you, but you kept on doing it. It was hard, it was rough, it was difficult, but to you it was worth it. And eventually you got to a level you know, can nothing stop me now. Anything you're struggling to try to accomplish, whether it's health or love, or relationships, whatever it is, if you're struggling, it represents a simple fact. Your subconscious programming doesn't support that conclusion. I dare you to use your imagination. I dare you when you're broke to use your imagination. I dare you when you're rich to use your imagination. I dare you under every single circumstance. Keep dreaming. Keep looking at your dream. Because that is how you bend the universe to your will. That is how you impress people. That is how you capture the human imagination and if you want to do something extraordinary and be remembered you've got to get so good that you're performing at a level that has never been seen before that is the only path to set the bar ridiculously high and then surpass all expectations you can't put it down low and then beat it and say whoa look at me we say that in zero-based thinking you ask this question is there anything that I am doing today that knowing what I now know, I wouldn't get into again today if I had to do it over? We call this a quink analysis. Knowing what I now know, quink. In times of rapid change, there are always areas in your personal and business life that knowing what you now know, you wouldn't get into again today if you had to do them over. Your willingness to ask and honestly answer this question is the key to remaining flexible and quick on your feet in times of turbulence. How can you tell if you have a zero-based thinking situation in your life or business? Simple. Stress. Whenever you experience ongoing chronic stress about any person or situation, you should ask yourself, if I was not now in this situation, knowing what I now know, would I get into it again today? This is a great question. Now here's another question for you. What percentage of the time do you think that you will turn out to be wrong? Well, the answer, according to the American Management Association, is about 70%. 70% of your decisions will turn out to be wrong in the fullness of time. It's amazing how many people will stay in a bad situation or continue with a bad course of action because of their unwillingness or inability to admit that they made a mistake or that they were wrong in the past. But remember this, when you made the decision, it was probably a good decision based on the situation at that time, but now the situation has changed. Now you have to evaluate your situation based on the current reality. If you want more freedom in your life, you have to have more discipline. 
if you don't have any discipline, you'll end up with absolutely no freedom. You'll end up being a slave to other people that boss you around. There's all kinds of problems that can occur if you don't have discipline in your life. And the more discipline you have, the more freedom you're going to have.